Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thursday, PFTPM, you know what that means. The Joint Mega Picks Podcast. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned. We go at it every single game straight up against the spread. Best bets. And Chris, since you won last week by virtue of doing two games better than me against the spread. Now, I was six and eight against the spread, and I'll take it because the way Sunday was going, Crazy I was ready to give it up forever. It turned around. And thank you, Monday Night Football. That helped me go from four and eight to six and eight. I'll take it. I'll run with it. We also pushed straight up. We disagreed on four games. We split those, so you didn't get any more in front of me. I didn't close any ground. There it is last week, both eight and six straight up. I was six and eight against the spread. One and two for our best bets. We won't talk about that. We don't talk about that when it goes poorly. We talk about it when it goes well. So you get to drive the bus today as we go through all of the games for week seven. Well, I mean, yes, thank you very much. What a, what, you know, wasn't our best week. Yes. I, I don't think our info on two of our two losses are our best bets. We're that bad. Listen, it's football. It's betting. It's gambling. I think we were on the right track. We were like, one play away from the Ravens and the Titans blowing those teams out, and that's why it's tough to gamble, and sometimes you're going to get burned. But also just like to note, this is the 200th podcast of Chris Sims Unbuttoned. You should feel very privileged that you're a part of this. I just You're, you're a very lucky human being. I should. Maybe I should, but I don't. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. Now, speaking of jerks, let's get to football. Here we go. Odds <laughs> provided by PointsBet, the new official sports betting partner of NBC Sports, and Thursday Night Football – here we go, baby. It's a doozy. Yeah, a doozy, all right. One-win teams facing off each other. The Giants at Philadelphia. Eagles favored by four and a half. Over under at 45. We expect some ugly football, Mike. Are you crazy enough to pick the Giants to win this game? I am not, which probably means they will. And the best way to sell this is the winner matches the Cowboys for first place, Whoa. they still they still all stink. They all stink. They should disband the division. I like the Eagles in this one just because I've seen more from them this year to feel good about. We have a body of work now. And, yes, the Eagles are 1-4-1, one, one, but I've seen more life. I've seen more potential. And here it is in prime time at home. Everyone's watching. They're getting some guys back, which is good with all the players they've had injured. Yep. I've got 24-10 to 10 Eagles, so the Eagles win, the Eagles cover. And, yeah, that probably means the Giants will win, riding that one-game winning streak, if that even counts as a streak that they got on Sunday when they somehow beat Washington. But I like the Eagles in this one. I can't imagine anyone picking the Giants. And, of course, that means the Giants. Would you stop, you pessimistic Dob Debbie They'll be very active tomorrow 
rubbing all of our faces in it. Well, I, I mean, uh, hey, we'll, we'll see. But I'm picking the Eagles, too. You know, you, you said a lot of the right things. And I think the other thing, too, you know, just looking at the Eagles offense versus the Giants defense. You know, Giants don't have a great pass rush. All right, they can stop the run, but who cares against Philadelphia? They're not really trying to run the football that way. And Giants don't have great man-to-man corners that way either. They're well coached, but I just think the Eagles and Wentz, when he has time, he's going to pick you apart and make a few plays outside of the pocket off schedule. And then on the other side, you know, you've heard me say, I like Daniel Jones. I like Darius Slayton. The offensive line is not very good. You know, the system is still being learned and lacking probably creativity and all the bells and whistles that might have been in if you had an offseason and everything like that. And this Eagles defense is pretty good. So 24-14 as I'm going here. I think it's kind of an ugly one, but I would expect the Eagles to pull away uh, at some point in the third quarter or so. All right, you ready? One o'clock games. Here we go, baby. Who are you texting somebody? Who you got? You got you. What are you doing? No, I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead. Let's go. Make sure. Let's go. All right. We got Lions at the Falcons. Falcons favored by two, which I won't lie. I was a little surprised to see. I I didn't know where that line would be. Over under at 55. Falcons coming off that win. Detroit, you know, was Detroit was a bye week, right? Last week and. They beat the Jaguars. Oh, sorry. It was a a bye week. I couldn't remember. I was like, man, who the hell did Detroit play last week? Yeah, put up some points and some yards on the Jaguars. So where are you going to go in this one, Mike? Well, look, I understand that the interim head coach artificial bump is real. Um, I, I don't know what went wrong for the Vikings last week against the Falcons. I don't know what went right for the Falcons against the Vikings. It really is amazing that that game played out the way it did. I think that Matt Patricia, the coach of the Lions, needs to win whatever games he can win if he has any hope of sticking around at least through the end of the season and maybe beyond. This just feels like a game where the Lions find a way. The Lions parlay last week's win into another win against a team that that Matt Patricia surely has bad memories about. No, actually good memories about. What I'm talking about, bad memories. he got good memories. Yes, he does. This is a team, this is a team that, that uh, he came back and beat when he was with the New England Patriots. So this may be some flashbacks for some Falcons when they see that big old beard on the other side of the field, although it's covered up by a mask. This is just a gut feeling pick for me. It's by no means going to be a best bet. I like the Lions 24-21 just because I I just have faith in them for now until they play someone good again. They're a team that can beat teams they should. They're not going to beat the teams they shouldn't, but this is one they should win, even though the Falcons won last week. Yeah, the Falcons are dangerous. We know they got some playmakers, and Ryan and Julio can certainly get hot and do all those things, you know, but but also – I don't think, again, the system is overly complicated to where that's when I go and go, okay, yeah, Detroit. I mean, Atlanta may be, you know, some talent, but, you know, Detroit, not an overly talented defense, but is well coached. And they're not going to get beat by some of the staples that maybe an offense like Atlanta beats people with on a weekly basis, you know, because of Matt Patricia and his New England background. The other thing, too, with Detroit, too, that, I, I, that I'm excited about, you know, they're finding a little balance on the offensive side of the ball. And to me, that's when, I mean, that's when Atlanta's, they're screwed because their defense is not very good. And yeah, they'd rather, you know, play a team that's, you know, they're going to throw it every play. They're going to run it every play, whatever that is. But I just, I think the Lions offense kind of has something going here. Kenny Galladay certainly showed up last week. 
You know, and there's a few under-the-radar weapons on this football team. I'm with you. I just think the game has more importance to the Lions. I still think they think they're fighting for something and are in this thing where Atlanta kind of knows it's over. I'm going to go Lions 34-28. I was surprised. I thought you would ride the Falcons' uh, positivity with Raheem Morris turning that team around last week. I almost made you go first just to see because I I was possibly going to change my pick. I was going to play that game on you, but I'm surprised you went – I wasn't going to fall with that trap. I need to see it a little bit more before I just say I buy into that. And, you know, last week, hey, yeah, we talk about all the great storylines with Raheem Morris and Atlanta and all that. I mean, hey, your your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, just gift-wrapped some some balls for them early on to kind of get them going. And, you know, I don't think Matt Stafford in in Detroit will do that. All right, you ready for the Battle of Ohio? Let's go. Battle of Ohio, part two. Part two. Already played once this year in kind of a fun, exciting, high-scoring game where the Browns won. Browns are favored by three at the Bengals. 50.5 is the over-under. Go ahead, Mike. What do you think goes on? I'm surprised the Browns are only favored by three. Then again, they only won by five at home against the Bengals earlier this year. I feel like the Bengals are coming apart at the seams. Every day there's another guy who wants to be traded or who is complaining about his role. And the Browns, and you know, Kevin Stefanski came out and said this. He articulated your point about the Vikings. Don't let one loss beat you twice. Yeah. I think Stefanski will prevent the Browns from sulking, from – and this is very easy to do. All you have to do is put, put the projector on, show the schedule, point out the games that they should win. If we win the games we should win, we're going to win 10 games this year, guaranteed. This is a game they should win, and this is where the Browns are right now. They beat the teams they should, kind of like the Lions. They beat the teams they should. They lose to the teams they should. This is a game that the Browns should win, and this is a way for them to take out some of the frustration from last week. And I think if Stefanski can convince them to to just slam the door shut, like they did after week one when they lost to the Ravens, slam the door shut and move on, they can win this game and they can cover. I've got the Browns 34-21 over the Bengals. Yeah, um, I got a similar score. You know, the, the big thing to me here is, you know, the Bengals' offense and their pass game, other than, you know, the Ravens, which they can do that to a lot of football teams, but you look at that, they've shown some life. I mean, the way they played last week against the Colts, you know, the T. Higgins, A.J. Green came to life. Joe Burrow, I think, has been more aggressive. You know, even that win before the Ravens against Jacksonville, and I know it's Jacksonville and everything like that. I understand. But I'm not ready to sit here and just go, oh, this Browns defense is, like, the greatest gift to mankind. No, you can make plays. They're going to give you a few opportunities, as we saw last week with Pittsburgh or whatever else. So I do think the Bengals will be able to move the ball on the Browns like they like, like they did the first time. But ultimately... Yeah, I just don't think they're as good of a football team. And I think what really worries me is the Bengals just can't stop the run. And that's where I think, you know, Cleveland will get back to what helped them win some games this year, which is that run game. It is special that way. And the Bengals are really undermanned up front. I just I can't imagine um, them slowing down Kareem Hunt, Johnson, anybody like that. So I'm going to go Browns 31-27. I do think the Bengals will hang in there and keep it close. And here's the other thing, too. That Browns front seven, frustrated by the inability to put a lot of pressure last week on Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. We see how Joe Burrow's been ragged all around. I, I worry about Burrow this weekend against Miles Garrett when these guys get a chance to go out and have a game that's easier than the one that got away from them last week. Yep, I uh, agree. I agree. I mean, I've got to think that pass rush is going to get after Joe Burrow, certainly. Um, all right, let's go to the next one. 
Green Bay Packers at Houston Texans. Green Bay coming off that ugly win. Houston hung around, got into overtime with the Tennessee Titans, showed some life on offense. I think that was interesting. Packers favored by three and a half, over under at 57. Mike, I'll leave this one off if you don't mind. Um, I think this is a scary game for the Packers a little bit. I do. I, I from From the standpoint of, you know, again, I think their offense can be successful, certainly, but from 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 what we've talked about a little, they need to play with a lead. They need to start out the game kind of jumping on a team and force the other team to play an offensive attack that maybe they didn't want to because now they're behind by 10 or 14 points and do that. I worry about them. I think that'll be very crucial in this football game because I do think with – if this game's 7-3 or 10-7 early on, I, I do think the Texans are going to hang around in this football game and have a chance to win. You know, Deshaun Watson, to me, has found the groove here as of late. He's starting to make unbelievable plays. He doesn't miss one throw. He threw the ball unreal last week against the Tennessee Titans. Their offense has kind of found a little bit of a mojo going that way. You know, their defense scares me. I do think the Packers will have their ways. But, you know, the te- Texans will do game plan specific stuff and we know that the Packers are not that talented on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going with the Packers here, 35-31. I will not be shocked if Houston pulled off some sort of upset. But I'm going to go with you know, the team that's been more consistent through the year and trust Aaron Rodgers pulls them through. So you've got the Packers covering, even though 35-31 doesn't barely, feel right? like it would be a Packers cover. It is barely a cover. Yeah. I, here's how I look at it, I, and, and this falls back into the don't let – a team beat you twice mindset, but the way the Texans lost that game last week, I think they're going to have a hard time resetting for this one. And the Packers and the Packers after just getting shellacked by the Buccaneers. And if it is the wake up call that Aaron Rodgers suggested it was after the game on Sunday, this is one where the Packers get their act together and go down to Houston and, and have a better time offensively against a defense. that isn't as good as the one they just faced. I think they win 34-24. I'm considering this one for one of my best bets. It's on my list. I feel much more strongly about the Packers winning and covering than you do. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I'm just I'm a little scared, you know, that you know Romeo Cornell and company throw a few curveballs at the defense or uh, at the Packers offense early, and the Texans can kind of hang around, and then. It becomes the Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers show where it becomes a shootout. And then who knows what happens there. And I think that's a very real possibility to where we see a lot of big plays in this game because of that. Not a great pass rush for the Texans. So Rodgers can buy time and extend plays. You know, Packers do have a good pass rush, but Watson is as elusive as they come. So that'll be a fun game to watch secretly for a Houston team that has uh, only one win on the year. All right, you ready to go to the NFC South? We got the Panthers, the Let's Saints. Go. Let's Saints do it. favored by seven and a half coming off the bye week, over under at 51. Carolina, it's a little up and down, up and down. There's a lot to like. How can you not be impressed with Matt Rule and everything he's done, Mike? But do you think there's any way they can beat the Saints coming off a bye? Well, I think they could, but it would be better to be catching the Saints not coming off of a bye, not having Michael Thomas back if that's how it works out. Now he's got a hamstring injury on top of the ankle problem, so maybe he won't play. But, you know, something we talked about during PFT Live at the tail end, the idea that it's Joe Brady, the former Saints assistant, now running the Carolina offense, Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator, the Saints offense with a defense that knows that offense from practice 
And I think that's going to play into the Saints' defense's hands. They're going to have some fans in the stands at the Superdome. This is a reestablisher game for the New Orleans Saints where they come out of their bye week. They begin the process of mashing the gas pedal. We see the Panthers fall to a more appropriate record for them of three and four. The Saints get to four and two. I've got it 38-27 New Orleans. So I like the Saints. I like the cover. Not by a lot, but, but by enough. Best bet consideration for this one for me as well, but I think the Saints get it done. Yeah, I I, um, I expect them to get it done too, you know, and I, I see it the same way with you as far as, you know, Joe Brady. I love everything he's doing in Carolina. He ain't Sean Payton yet, all right? They're still – they're doing a lot of the basic Sean Payton stuff to where I would think advantage New Orleans defense. And I know New Orleans let up 27 points against the Chargers. You heard me say this. They were dominant in that football game. They were dominant. They just two or three times couldn't help themselves and had a blitz and do stupid over-aggressive stuff where Justin Herbert burned them. They made it easy on him. Other than that, I'm telling you, the Chargers couldn't do jack diddly all game long. So I liked what I saw from that standpoint. And then offensively, I think this, the, the, um, the Saints got it going. I do. Carolina's not very good at stopping the run. You know, and we, of course, we know New Orleans can run it and throw it. So I just don't see how Carolina wins this football game. And I'm with you. I think the Saints are like, they went in the bye week, like, what are we doing? We're three and two. We're better than this. And this will be a correction. I'm going Saints 31 to 20 uh, in this matchup. Anything else you want to talk about in this one? I just feel even better about it now that you've put that the way that you did. And I really do think Sean Payton will challenge each of those guys individually to step up and show that they're a lot better than what they've been so far this year. Yeah, I, I do too. And I think they have the type of group of like veteran leaders and stuff that are also like they don't even they probably won't even need Sean Payton to say it. They they're they're wise enough and smart enough to be like, hey, what the hell is going on here? Let's go. All right. Bills Jets. AFC showdown. Bills favored by thirteen. It's in New York, over under 45. Buffalo coming off the loss on Monday night to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Jets are the worst team in football. We know that. Do you have the Bills winning by 55, 5, 25, or 15? Yeah, I think the only way you hit the over is if the Bills score at least 46, maybe. I I think the Bills win this one easily. I'm going 28-7. Look, the Jets are one of the worst teams I've ever seen, and they seem to get worse every week. And until they can do something, I'm just going to assume it continues. This, this, this is an easy one, even with the Bills given 13. Give me Buffalo 28-7. A nice way for them to get some of their confidence that's back right. after having it rattled the last two weeks. Yeah, that's right. You know, they were outclassed by two teams that are better than them. So they got to get back to the drawing board and see if they can maybe catch or split that difference or, you know, close the difference when they have to play one of those teams in the playoffs if they get there. But I'm with you all the way. You know, again, I worry about Buffalo's defense, as we see. I mean, we've been talking about it, but but it's the Jets aren't the team that's going to take advantage of it that way. And then I just, you know, as much as Greg Williams, I like it and all that, you know, there's just not enough players on the defense to stop Josh Allen from scrambling and extending plays or covering those receivers or doing anything like that. I'm going Bills 30-16. to 16. Easy as that. See you later. All right. Now, now we get into a good one. Dun, dun. It's the big bad Steelers versus the big bad Titans. Tennessee's favored by one, over under at 50 and a half. I'm I'm really I'm pumped about this game. 
I really am. This could could be like you know some old school hitting and some stuff like that that you know we just don't see all the time here. So uh, I really am pumped. I don't know how you feel about it, but go ahead, Mike. Tell us what you think. Oh, I'm fired up, and you know this is the original game that was postponed because of the pandemic. It's a hell of a lot bigger and better now. So that's better at 5-0 and than 3-0, right? right? Yeah. My gosh, yeah. absolutely. Think we wouldn't have that game this weekend. It would be gone. It would have been a bye week. No Steelers, no Titans. Instead, two of the best teams in football squaring off. I, I am burned and scarred by my misplaced faith in the Browns last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and we were reminded that the Steelers are pretty damn good. Yes. So my my prognostication this week is influenced by the fact that the Steelers took a chunk out of my ass last week. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not going to match it on the other side, at least not yet. Right. The Steelers are for real. And consider this, Chris, here's the difference. The Steelers already spent a week preparing for this game. Very good while point. While the Titans were were scattered yeah. while they were practicing, but At the Steelers actually had intensive, focused preparation for the Titans twice now. I'm not picking against the Steelers again. They finally proved to me that they're for real. I still think it'll be a close game. It may come down to a last-second field goal. I've got Steelers 23, Titans 20. I do not think that Derrick Henry will be able to run roughshod over the Pittsburgh defense. I think they'll get to him and knock him down before he gets ahead of steam. They're going to understand how to slow him down. It's going to come down to Ryan Tannehill making things happen in the passing game. And I think he will, just not enough. I think the Steelers' offense steps up. They do enough against the Tennessee defense, 23-20. And maybe worse, you know, as I'm talking about, I think maybe 27-20. You know, maybe 27-17. I'll go 23-20. That's enough to get the Steelers. Cover the spread. Pittsburgh goes to 6-0. and it, I mean, you said a lot of good stuff. I got a man crush on both of these teams. I really do. I, you know, And I went into the year like I wasn't quite buying into the Titans hype and all of that. You know, I really wasn't. But I'm bought in now. I mean, just what I've seen over the last few weeks. I mean, it's just fun to watch how they can just mash your face in in the run game. Bombs downfield. You know, defense does cool creative stuff just like the Pittsburgh Steelers do. You know, the Steelers' offense, like you talked about a little last week, got it going. They certainly proved they're for real. Um, really, when I just break this down and think about it, the Titans' defense, it is not perfect. It's not. I really look at it. If Pittsburgh wants to win this game, they're going to have to be able to run the ball a little. They ran the ball a little last week. Can they do it again? That, that's where I – that's to me – going to be a big part of this matchup because if it just becomes a little bit of like we've seen in a lot of other games with the Steelers where they can't run the ball and then they have to throw the ball every play I don't think they're going to be able to like just move the ball consistently on the Tennessee Titans defense you know they're, they're coming alive on, on that side of the football you know they were very close last week to doing a lot of good things Watson just made some unbelievable plays extending things and doing things like that to save them You know, on the other side of the ball, Steelers defense, you you know I love that. The front seven, you're right. I can't imagine Derrick Henry getting off a whole lot. I really can't. But I still think that's going to force the Steelers to overplay their hand at times to try to stop that run. And this damn Tennessee Titans pass offense and offense in general has it all. I'm not picking against the Titans until I see the Titans lose a game. I'm not. They, They, to me, are one of these teams where I just go, they got something. They got some belief, and I know the Steelers, they're close to having that type of thing too. It's that, that's why this is a hard, a hard one to pick. But I think because I don't totally buy into that Steelers run game yet, and I think they're going to have to rely on just being a pass team, I don't think that favors them. 
and Tennessee's balance on their offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go Titans here, 28-21, to win this football game at home and go to 6-0. and But the Steelers have Chase Claypool. I know. I know. I, 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 I get you. I know. It's, hey, this, this, this is a tough one. There's no doubt about it. We'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm really excited about it. I really am because two of these two teams up front, they want to bully you. And uh, it's two bullies on the field here. So this will be a good physical matchup with some big plays to go with it. It won't be your typical just three yards in a cloud of dust uh, physical matchup. All right. Dallas Cowboys. Washington football team. Dallas has got some drama. Oh, shocker. Anytime they start to lose, drama comes out of Dallas. Here we go. We're going to blame the coaches already and everything else. Cowboys favored by one, over and under at 46. What will Dallas do? Will they be better this week? Will Andy Dalton be better? What do you think, Mike? Well, look, I I think if Washington would switch to Alex Smith, they would become a contender in the NFC East. We pointed out earlier today that points bet has them at plus 1100 underdogs to win the division. I think that number would change quickly if they made Alex Smith the quarterback. I don't know why they're resisting it for now. Even though everyone's down on the Cowboys, I feel like this is one that they, they find a way to win. This is emergency time. This is Ezekiel Elliott holding on to the football. This is Mike McCarthy holding on to his rear end. This is Mike Nolan holding on to his job against a team that just isn't suited to running up the score the way we've seen it in recent weeks against Dallas. I don't feel great about this, but I'll go Dallas 23, Washington 20. Same score as Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Not going to be a best bet. Dallas a one-point favorite. They cover. But, but again, not one that I feel great about, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. You know, you're right. I mean, how can you feel great about it e- either way here? You can't. I, I'm going to go with Washington. I am. I, I'm going to play it in the, 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 this is, the Cowboys are kind of falling apart, and they probably look at it and think, oh, we're better than Washington. Look, we got a few stars here and blah, 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 blah. Washington's defense is one of the, what are they? They're, I think they're ranked sixth in football. They're, they're real. They are. And, you know, I think the other thing they got going for them that way is where Dallas, you know, they're not – you don't have to, like, overly worry about their running game. Their pass game is good. It's not overly creative. It's just about the talent. And when I look at that with Washington and Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, I, I think they're going to slow down the Dallas passing attack. Now, I don't think it's going to be pretty on the other side of the ball, but Washington will probably look as good as they've looked at any point in the year on the offense because Dallas defense stinks. So because of that, I'm going to go with a little bit of the upset here. I'm going to say Washington wins some ugly football game, a little like they were in last week, except they come out on top. I'm going to go 20 to 17, the football team. Wow. Hey, I, I, uh, okay. Well, good. I got a chance to gain some ground on you. We agree on too many of these games. We think alike too much. That's all the one o'clock games. Let's take a quick break. When we return, the four o'clock games, including. Jimmy Garoppolo's return to New England. More PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned coming at you right after this. There's your daily lineup on the NBC Sports Channel via the Peacock service. Excellent service, which you are watching right now, hopefully. All right, let's get to it, Chris. 4 p.m. Eastern games coming up on Sunday. Lead us off with... uh, Possibly one of the biggest games of the day, or at least one of the most intriguing games. I know. I know you're excited. I mean, you're you're officially, I think, the bandwagon leader for uh, Tyler Murray fan club. Just so you know, I think you're the leader of that. You're 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 driving that bus for sure. And I get it. 
damn, he's fun. And holy crap, you know how big a, you know how big of a you know how big of a Kyler Murray fan I am. How big? I know his first name's Kyler and not Tyler. That's how big of a fan I am. Did I just say Tyler? I think you said Tyler. I don't think I did. You weren't listening. You were probably texting somebody. Oh, shut up, Pete. Okay, get out of my ear. All right, here we go. Seattle at Arizona. Seahawks favored by three and a half. Coming off the bye week. Arizona got the big win on Monday night. You almost forget what night it is with these doubleheaders on Monday night now. Uh, over under at 56. I'm expecting fireworks on the offensive side of the ball and big plays. Are you expecting the same? I am expecting fireworks, especially since Jamal Adams, the Seahawks' safety, didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see how it goes the rest of the week. But I'd like to think if he's got a chance of playing on Sunday following the bye week opportunity to further rest the strained groin, we would have seen at least a limited practice yeah, from him right. on Wednesday after that time off. So I don't think it bodes well for him playing. I don't see the Seahawks defense stopping Kyler Murray and company. I don't see the Arizona defense having the same kind of success it had against Andy Dalton and company because it's Russell freaking Wilson yeah. and DK freaking Metcalf, Metcalf. and Tyler freaking Lockett. So, yeah, I think that I think that it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm tempted to take the over as one of my best bets. And it kills me to take the Seahawks to win this game. But I think the difference is the Seahawks having two weeks to get ready, the Cardinals having the short week on the road, come home, turn it around. The Seahawks lost to the Cardinals late last season. That's going to give them an extra little oomph to try to pull this off. 34-27, Seahawks. Although these Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson games are must-see. They're exciting. I love watching both guys play. And the thing about Kyler Murray and why we need him in primetime, even in a blowout, I may have said this earlier in the week, it reminded me of Ravens-Rams last year. When the Ravens were kicking the crap out of the Rams, I still wanted to watch it to see what Lamar Jackson would do next. I feel the same way watching Kyler Murray. I want to see what he's going to do next. He's the most exciting guy, in my opinion, to watch right now on a football field, including Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, all of them. There's something about Kyler Murray, and I can't wait to see this game. And unfortunately, we'll be doing a lot of preparation for Football Night in America, and we'll have to watch it more closely at some point after the game's Yeah, that's a tough time for you, too, because you're usually talking on the phone with guys from the 1 o'clock game and doing all that. I'll be watching. I don't have to prepare that much. So if you just need some updates on the game, just give me a call. I'll let you know what's going on, all right? All right, but I'm with you. I do expect a lot of big plays on the offensive side of the ball. You know, I think the thing that scares me and why I'm going to take Seattle is just Arizona is so pass heavy, you know, and I know Arizona, I believe, is like top five in football and rushing offense, but it's not because of rushing. It's because they got a quarterback with three rockets up his butt. I mean, and he scrambles and runs around and does all crazy crap like that all the time. I still think it's just too much one dimensional, let alone I still think it's a little too basic on the Arizona Cardinals offensive side of the ball. To where, yeah, I don't think Seattle's going to shut them down, but I think we'll see the same old damn story we've seen from Seattle all year. Yeah, let up a few big plays, big yards, but they'll make two or three plays in the game that'll give them an extra possession or two to give it to Russell Wilson. And I do think he's going to have his way, especially now with no Chandler Jones rushing the passer and doing any of that. And the other thing Seattle has going for them is they can run the ball a little bit at least to the fact to where Arizona, who's not good at defending the run, is going to have to be like, damn, we got to worry about Chris Carson just blowing us away here a little bit, and that'll leave the DK freaking Metcalf, like you said, and Tyler freaking Lockett getting open a lot. So I'm going to go to the Seahawks there. I'm with you. 31-24. I think you got one more touchdown for the Seahawks that I do, but I like that.
All right. Next one. Good. Anything else you want to rebuttal? Say anything there? No, 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 no. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about it now, but but I, I got to stick with my pick. <laughs> I talk. Don't let me talk you out of it. You're beating me in best bets. Don't worry. I mean, no. What the hell do I know? Okay. Here we go. Chiefs, Broncos, nine and a half point favorite by the Kansas City Chiefs. Denver coming off the big win against the New England Patriots. Drew Locke made a few big plays. That's cool. Kansas City showed us something they never saw. We've never seen ever running the ball, Andy Reid, all of that. Um, do you think the Broncos can cover? Because I know you're picking the Chiefs to win. Do you think the Broncos can cover? Nine and a half point home underdogs. What a slap in the face, but this is the Chiefs. And, you know, one thing Vic Fangio told me after that 18-12 to 12 win, we're not going to beat the Chiefs if we score field goals. We need touchdowns. And I think the Broncos are, are better than we realize. It's just the Chiefs, if you get them focused, that's when they're at their best. And Le'Veon Bell joining the fray, that may have everyone a little more excited this week. Agreed. I think the Chiefs do win. I think they do cover 31-21. I just worry about the Chiefs in these spots where they're not playing a big team on a big stage because it feels like, whether it was the Chargers, yeah. whether it was the Raiders, and whether it may happen on Sunday. It just feels like these games that get tucked into Sunday afternoon where it isn't a, an elite opponent. For whatever reason, that's when the Chiefs are a little bit flat. Yeah. And then this is a real test to see if they can avoid that. I, I agree I agree with you there all the way. And, you know, I'll even say in, in those games where we tell they look flat, you know, the team itself is flat. And I think the game plans a lot of the time are flat in those games too. To where all of a sudden the Ravens happen and the Bills happen and you go, whoa, like there's some cool other plays. Where the hell were these in those other games? Like, So I hope they don't fall in that trap. I think Vic Fangio and his ability to coach defense and do things like that will scare Kansas City a little bit. you know. But again, you know, I'll say something I got trolled by with the Broncos last week. I, I don't think this is without some of the players they have missing in their lineup and things. I don't think this is a shutdown Broncos defense. And – Kansas City, I agree with you with the Le'Veon Bell situation and all that. I think that adds a little juice to their football team. I think that'll get the creative juices flowing for Andy Reid because he's going to want to like get that off on the right step and give him a few creative touches and decoy and things like that. Plus, if they show the balance they showed and can like just run the ball somewhat solid, they're, they're going to be so hard to stop because it's just going to be pick your poison and good luck from there. And then the last thing I'll say is, yeah, Drew Locke, I love him. Damn, he made some big throws last week. I did. They got, you know, Jerry Judy and all that. But this Kansas City defense, we just don't talk about it enough. It's good. It's really good. It's really well coached. And it can have moments of games of just absolutely dominating. Whether it's the Ravens or the Bills, who are two of the better offenses in football, they had moments where they just steamroll the offensive lines and just dominate the football game that way. So there's no way I can pick the Broncos. I think they hang around for a little bit. I'm going Chiefs 28-17, to 17, Mike. So you have them covering as well. We I both, do. I, I, it sounds like neither of us are ready to make it a best no, bet because right. of that history the Chiefs have this year of playing down to the level of the competition. Yeah, I get, I do. I get, I definitely get scared of that. I am uh, that they're just asleep at the wheel, and all of a sudden it's like they're barely winning, you know, at like seventeen, fourteen, and then they wake up or something like that. You know, it's just you never know with them. All right, let's uh, go to the Jaguars and the Chargers. Chargers seven and a half point favorites. Over under at 49. Jacksonville certainly not looking good, falling apart. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. You think there's any way the Jaguars can go in there and beat them? 
The Jaguars are the ultimate tonic for what ails you this year. If you're winless, if you have one win, just play the Jaguars and everything works out. And I feel bad for them. Second straight week, they're facing a one-win team coming off of a bye. This is the week for the Chargers to notch a victory. They haven't won since week one. Justin Herbert has looked good. They've had two weeks to get ready. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator of the Chargers, maybe a little saltiness still over getting fired by the Jaguars. Maybe he's got a little something extra. I just think this is one, even at 7.5, I really like the Chargers in this one. 34-17. 34-17. The Jaguars have lost their way, and I don't know at what point we start putting Doug Marone on the possible list of guys who get run out the door during the season, but I wouldn't rule it out at this point if they don't turn it around quickly, and I don't think they turn it around this week. No, I, I don't think so either. You know, I mean, it, that, that seems inevitable at this point. I, I feel bad for Doug Marone. I mean, he gets put into like a rebuild team for the last year of his contract, basically. That's pretty tough to deal with. I don't think he's necessarily got the fairest shake in the world there in Jacksonville altogether. But I think you said it the right way. Jacksonville's kind of falling apart at the seams. You know, offense has been a little all over the place. Minshew, I think, is on his way to showing he's not a franchise quarterback and he's going to be replaced there in Jacksonville. I mean, that's the way it looks right now. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm rooting for him and all those type of things, you know. And then... You know, the the, ja- uh, the Chargers, on the other hand, hey, we've, we've seen them be competitive against some really good freaking teams. I mean, really, and have a chance to win the game. So with the way the Jaguars are letting up big plays and Herbert, Herbert's throwing the football, yeah, I just have more faith in them. I do think that Minshew and company might make some plays and do that. I'm, I'm going to say that it's a little bit of a shootout, but I'm going to go Chargers 27-24 in this one. What was your score? What did you pick there? 34-17, Chargers oh. to win and cover. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yep, I mean, you, you might be right there. Um, all right, here we go. 49ers-Patriots, man, maybe the game of the day. I mean, this really, I'm, I am, don't even, this is like big game for both football teams, especially the Patriots, who could fall to 2-4 and four if they lose. Wow. Okay, 49ers at New England. New England favored by two, over under at 43-and-a-half. I've really tossed and turned with this one I I mean I really do there are some interesting angles in this football game um go ahead I want to hear what you got to say yeah the fact that New England's favored by two I mean the typical default is it's three points playing at home so they'd be a one-point underdog to the 49ers on a neutral site even with all the issues the 49ers have had all the injuries and everything else I think what it comes down to for me. Now, it's possible they go with the all-run approach, and Jimmy Garoppolo is Bob Greasy again like he was for most of the playoffs last year, and it won't matter. But I just think that Bill Belichick knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than anyone. Some of those guys on that defense who were there when Garoppolo was there, coaching staff that was there when Garoppolo was there, I think they're going to be able to confound him, to stymie him, to, to force him toward his weaknesses. And, and, and I think that the Patriots will – Find a way. This is a find a way game for Bill Belichick. And if you can't find a way in this game against this team at this stage of the season, maybe you are done, at least for this year. So I think with with Cam Newton back, with practice uh, happening all week long, I think we're going to see a different Patriots team. And that team almost beat the Broncos. They almost came back and did it. I think they'll do it 24 to 17. I don't feel great about it, but I I like the Patriots at home. Yeah, uh, this is it's. That's a tough one. It really is. All right, well, I think this is where I look at it. You know, when I go to the the 49ers offense versus that Patriots defense, you know, I think you could see a little what you said, Mike, a little of that Bob Greasy 
Jimmy Garoppolo attack. I do because I think the first off, the biggest weakness on the Patriots football team is you've heard me say this. There's lack of big people on their defensive front. They had Chase Vinovich at 250 pounds playing three technique in some plays last week and playing defensive three, four defensive end, which is made for like behemoth human beings like Calais Campbell. So, you know, I don't think Shanahan's going to fall in that trap. What the, what the Patriots like to do right now is put a lot of people at the sc- line of scrimmage because they have great cover corners and they try to scare you out of the run with numbers. And you just can't be scared that way. you got to keep running it. you got to go, okay, yeah, there's a lot of numbers there, but, man, this guy's 195 pounds. This guy's 225 pounds. And, you know, our, our right tackle is bigger than both of those combined. You know, not really, but you know what I'm saying. So I worry about that aspect of the Patriots' defense versus the 49ers. You know, on the other side of the ball, I guess where I look at it, this Patriots' run game is really damn good too. Um. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do- – I don't think they're going to be able to dominate 49ers up front and just run the ball at will like we've seen them do in some of their other games. And I don't know if their passing attack is good enough to take advantage of so-so corner play and things like that from the 49ers. So I can't believe this, but I'm picking San Francisco to win the game. I'm going to go San Francisco 24-21. to I just think with the health of their offense – and the big game, Shanahan will be on his game. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on his game. And the Patriots still a work in progress. I still like the Patriots, even if they lose. I'm not going to give up on them. they got a schedule here where they can win a bunch of games. But uh, I'm going to go 49ers, 24-21. That's two disagreements straight up so far for Chris Sims and for me. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the primetime games for Week 7, including Tom Brady, John Gruden, Raiders, Buccaneers in Las Vegas on Sunday Night Football. We'll talk about that and the rest of the primetime slate when PFTPM and Chris Sims on the bus. Continue right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Primetime games for week seven. Not the Thursday night primetime game. The real primetime game. Sunday and Monday. And by the way, I misspoke. Chris, we disagree on three of the games straight up so far in this slate. There are 
two left, though. Take us through the Sunday and Monday night games. Yep. All right. And we're just going to make a little, little reminder. Odds, odds provided by PointsBet Sportsbook, the new official uh, sports betting partner of NBC Sports. That was not my smoothest read of all time. All right. But this one, I am intrigued. Yeah, it's old Johnny Gruden playing his old Super Bowl team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sure he wants to shove it up, you know, where the sun don't shine. Certainly. There's no doubt I've been around the guy in these type of scenarios. I was with him in Tampa when we went back and played the Oakland Raiders, who he had just left two years before that. That was personal. That was very personal. He got pissed off at me because I wore a Kenny Stabler jersey to the game. He was very pissed. All right? So, uh, like, you know, Derek Carr, don't wear a Brad Johnson or a Warren Sapp jersey to the game. He won't like that. Um, I'm a little concerned about the Raiders because their O-line might have COVID-19. I mean, we know Tred Brown did, and now the O-line doesn't get to practice. That's concerning when the Buccaneers are coming to town, and they got a lot of big, bad dudes up front. I mean, it's one of the best front sevens in football, so that is scary. I think I just boil it down like this, really. I'm a big fan of this Bucks football team. I think they're trending in the right direction. I don't care about that loss two weeks ago to the Bears or anything like that offensively, the Bucks are a balanced team and can run the ball on you. And what I've seen here with the Raiders, if you can run the ball on the Raiders or have a good running attack, they have no chance. And that's where I just go, they're going to be in a tough spot. You know, because got to stop the run. Brady is on fire throwing the ball. You're going to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin another week healthier. They're going ha- to be a mismatch nightmare on the outside as much as I like these Raiders corners and everything like that. But I just think it's going to be too much for the Raiders' defense to defend. And as much as I like this Raiders' offense and everything, you know, the Buccaneers' defense really doesn't have a weakness. Yeah, yeah, they let up a big play in the pass game here and there, but they can do it all. And just because of those things I said there, I'm going to go with the Bucs 34-24. I kind of think they win this game, you know, not convincingly, but certainly handle the Raiders. We, we agree on all points. I really don't need to elaborate. I think this is a Buccaneers team that has found its footing after that embarrassment in Chicago. I guess it could have gone either way. We, I thought the Packers would win last week. You picked the Buccaneers. i got to give you credit in hindsight. Thank the Buccaneers you. blew the Packers off the field. I think they're going to be ready to do kind of the same thing to the Raiders. And not having the starting offensive line available Wednesday, possibly Thursday, possibly Friday Ooh. because of the NFL's expanded COVID-19 protocols that basically sends everyone home if there's a positive. That's huge for the Raiders. Yes. And it's significant for the Buccaneers. And and this is Tom Brady's chance in primetime to rectify what happened in his last primetime right. performance. Right. Not good against the Bears. He can stick it to everyone in Las Vegas against the Raiders. 34-21 is the score I have, but it sounds like we're on the same page yep. with, uh, with that one. Yeah, totally are. And, yeah, I, I, you're right. With the, I would think that Brady is going to be motivated by that and want to, you know, shut everybody up that way. I like this Bucks team. I think you and I are in agreement. They're very close to being the best team in the NFC. They're very close to being the most well-rounded, complete team in the NFC. We'll see if it continues to trend in that direction. All right, Monday Night Football, Bears-Rams. I'm excited about this game. I am. I think it can be like it's going to be ugly and good. You know, I do. There's two really good defenses. You know, the Rams defense, I think, is a little overrated because they played some really poor offenses and feasted on them. But I still think it's very good. And they're playing a Bears offense that is just not good. It's it's not creative. They don't run block that well. It's just about, hey, can we hang in there? And Nick Foles will make a few throws to help us win the football game and offense. Hopefully you don't screw it up. 
And Nick Foles, he threw a dumb interception last week against Carolina. Other than that, he did a lot of good things. But I was just like, why? Why do that? Your defense is just kicking the crap out of the Panthers. What? Don't do it. But I think overall he still gets what kind of team he's playing with here. I think this Bears defense is going to give this Rams offense issues. You know, we've seen the Rams offense a little bit like the defense has feasted on the poor a little bit where, you know, the Bears can stop the run with just their front seven. And when you that formula against the Rams, the, my big question there with the Rams is if they can't run, then there goes the boots. And can Jared Goff in the drop back pass game beat you? I say, I say not, but I don't have enough faith in the Bears offense. I'm going to go Rams in a close, ugly 20-16 to 16 football game. Really just picking them because I think they got a hair more offense than the uh, Bears do. Yeah, and you know what? This is the way the Bears are going to play games this yes, year. They are right. going to be ugly. They're going to win ugly. They're going to lose ugly. They're not going to win pretty or lose pretty, contrary to what Nick Foles said last week. If they win this one, if the Bears come out of this one 6-1, and one, you got to take them very, very seriously yeah. because it shows they can hang with anyone. I don't think they can beat the Rams. I think the Rams losing in primetime last week to the 49ers will wake them up. I think they'll do just enough. I'll take the Rams covering 20-10. to 10. Um, I just don't think that the Bears offense is going to be able to get it done. I, I think there's enough film out there of what Nick Foles does now to shut him down. So give me the Rams by 10 in that one. we got to take one more break. When we return, our best bets for Week 7. More PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned right after this. All right, here we go. Final segment of the show today. It's time for Best Bets. We still disagree on three games straight up. Some other disagreements on the spread. Here's where we lock in our three best selections of the week. Chris, you go first. What do you got? Okay, well, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints as my first one against the Carolina Panthers. Again, I I like where the the, the Saints defense is trending. You know, the fact that Joe Brady's the OC there, there's a little knowledge of his days, you know, with Carolina. And then I just think with a bye week and Sean Payton and their ability to run the ball against a not very good run-stopping defense in Carolina, we know New Orleans is balanced. I think, you know, 31-20 is the score I picked. I think they're going to cover that spread. I still believe that we shouldn't be allowed to have the same picks for best bets, but I'm not letting this one get away. And also, when we do have the same picks, it typically doesn't work out very well. But I'm going Saints as well. I'm not letting you have the Saints solo. That's one of the three I have locked in. Give me the Saints. Same reason you said. Coming off of their bye week, I think the Saints get it done. Yeah, okay. I'll go to number two here. This is one of our disagreements, so we don't have to worry about it here. I'm going with the Titans as my best bet. Yeah, I think the I'm I'm not picking against the Titans until I see somebody beat them. I'm not, but they're just to me they're too dangerous. They don't ever blink with any any situation. Vrabel knows how to manage a game and a clock and situations, everything like that. Pittsburgh, I love Pittsburgh too. I just don't think their offense. I'm not sure if it's ready for prime time yet. I guess that's where I'm worried. I think the Titans will definitely win the game, and one point favorite. Okay, if they just win by one, I push, but. Uh, I think they're going to win by a touchdown, so I'm going with them. Next one for me, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giving, what was it, three points? Is it three and a half points? I think so. Uh, I, I think I, anytime I look at that line and I say, damn, that should be a lot higher, that's a best bet for me. I think it should be more like five and a half, six and a half. I like the Bucks to win. I like the Bucks to cover. I, I like them to win by more than 10, frankly. Sorry, Raiders, but that's just how I feel. Give me the Buccaneers. Yeah, well, um, this is my third pick, so we're going to be together because I'm taking that too. I am. That's, that's my third one. Uh, 
You know, you, you said it, and like like we we've, we've seen, when the Raiders have to play a team that has a little balance and can run the ball as well as throw it, they just got no chance. There's nobody great or good on that front seven. So I, the Bucks can run the ball. They got big people, and then of course we know they can throw and play action pass off it and all that. So I'm with you. I picked them to win by ten. I wouldn't be shocked if they won by thirteen or seventeen. You know, it's funny. This is like a slot machine. I wonder if there's ever going to be a time where we pull the lever and all three, we all, we come up with the exact same three when we see that graphic, you know, uh, but not this week, but two out of three. I think that's the first time that's ever happened. The last one for me, give me the Cleveland Browns. I have faith that Kevin Stefanski is going to get to his team, get them to forget about what happened last week, go to Cincinnati and dismantle a team that seems to be coming apart. I, I'm troubled by these constant claims and complaints and reports of guys wanting to be traded, of guys not happy with their roles. This is a team that is coming apart. Joe Burrow's too young to do anything about it, and I think Zach Taylor's too inexperienced to stop it from happening. I think the Browns are going to uh, win by well over the three-point spread, Chris. That's why when you st- have a new coach and you know you're going to go to the new quarterback route and all that, that's why you just start rebuilding the team because now you have guys from the old regime who are like, wait, we don't really want to be here for this and all that, and that's where they drop the ball. And I would think that the Cincinnati Bengals have a fire sale coming here to the, the uh, trade deadline. Sell, 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 sell. Get them all out. Start building around Joe Burrow. Um, all right. That's good. Good show. I hope you lose every game that we disagreed on and I win them. Well, we're, we're, we're either going to be 3-0 and or 2-1 and or 1-2 and on our best bets or maybe 0-3, but we're tied at the hip on two of them. What I just said made no sense, but that's okay. It absolutely made no sense. I don't even variant. know what you said there. I don't know what I said either. Here's <laughs> what I'm going to say now. We're done. We'll see everybody Friday morning for PFT Live, although we know Chris doesn't work Fridays. We'll see you Friday afternoon for PFT PM. Enjoy the games. Thanks for some of your time. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal And when you gamble, betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.